Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Chill Port Podcast, episode 288. My name's Benjamin Yoder, and I'm here today to talk to you about video games, although I don't have, like, any kind of, like, big deep dive game section this week. Uh, we got a good a good number of news stories here kind of spread throughout. We're going to talk a little bit about like, the game awards itself, probably not go super deep into it. I'm not really somebody who, like has a lot of thoughts about the Game Awards as a show kind of thing. I, I think it's just what it's doing is often so different than what I'm looking for a lot of the times. So I just have no real strong thoughts about it. But uh, we're going to talk about the Game Awards. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of First Soldier. And uh, if you've heard, Yuji Naka with First Soldier as well. We'll, we'll touch on that briefly too. <laughs> um, and then we have a Konami arcade game that we've talked about a couple times in the past that's uh, actually launching here uh, shortly. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And also Microsoft and uh, what's going on with the FTC, all that fun kind of stuff. But before we get too deep into that, I want to talk into talk to you about an adventure I had this week. So, I mean, I'm somebody who does not get sick very often. It's been kind of surprising that, like, uh, when I got back from um, um, Sin City Anime, probably like a week to two weeks after, I started to feel a little under the weather. Nothing really bad, just kind of like a runny nose kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of hard to say. I did do COVID tests and things like that, and I never got a positive one during that process. Um, however, this week, uh, or last week at this point when you're hearing this, uh, <laughs> Things went not so great. Um, I guess thankfully not due to uh, like a like a contagious disease. It was through uh, probably food poisoning. So um, I uh, picked up some eggnog on uh, uh, I believe Tuesday. Brought it home, drank some eggnog, started to feel really goofy, goofy, oopsie goofy <laughs> in the stomach uh, that night. But I was like, okay, whatever. It's probably just my stomach acting up or something. So. Went to bed, woke up, and then, like, I could not stand up without feeling like I wanted to vomit. Um, and so I got up around maybe, like, 8 in the morning, which is around the time I've been trying to get up generally in the morning to do work and things like that, even though I don't really have a set um, hours for work. And I just, like, yeah, I couldn't get up without just, like, really feeling sick. And uh, I did make it to the um, uh, grocery store just to get some medicine, some stomach medicine and stuff like that. I brought a bag with me. <laughs> I felt so weird because like I was sitting there with like a bag in my hands as I was walking in and everybody was just kind of like staring at me. Um, so so I did make it in there and I didn't ever like uh, toss up anything at any point. But uh, I got home and I basically slept from probably around like nine in the morning till around like three and then I briefly got up for a couple maybe not even a, maybe not even a couple hours maybe like an hour and then I went back to sleep again and then I woke back up at like I think seven or something like that and then uh and then at that point like my stomach felt a little bit better and then the next day I woke up and I felt really sick again I was like but I felt like maybe I was like good enough to to push forward but eventually I fell back asleep again and woke back up Again, way late in the day. It was like like at 3, 3 p.m. or something like that again. Or something something ridiculously late or something like that. Maybe like 2 or something like that. So, um, yeah. I, I basically slept for like a full day and a half outside of a, a few little, you know, bits and pieces here and there. So, um, I ended up skipping on the stream last week. Uh, so, we didn't do our Tilt and Tumble stream. And I actually kind of changed stream plans at the last minute where I was going to do the Final Fantasy The First Soldier Tournament. Because I thought it was at the same time as the stream time, but I misread the dates. The dates were Japanese dates, which are a day ahead of us. So I was planning on Thursday to stream first soldier stuff, but then that didn't work out. So I ended up just skipping streaming in general, just because, you know, even though I woke up and I felt okay after all that, like, you know, 
a day and a half of sleeping. I wasn't quite sure how I was going to feel, so I just kind of pushed off streaming for this week, and then uh, we'll do Kirby Tilt and Tumble next week. So, yeah, it was um, it was weird, and it kind of feels like Monday was like a month ago after like the, the 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 time I spent just completely passed out. So I haven't had anything like that in a really long time. Like the last time I remember getting really and like severe food poisoning. Or, I don't know if severe food po- poisoning is the right word, but like to the point that it like you know basically crippled me for a day and a half. Um, was like back in middle school. So it's always a kind of a shock to the system whenever that happens. Or if I get like a bad fever, like around like three years ago, I had like a really bad fever one, one time or something like that. And that, that definitely, uh, uh, made me, made me realize, oh yeah, being sick really sucks when you actually get sick kind of thing. So anyways, that kind of put a, a wrench into a lot of my week, honestly, but, um, yeah. I survived and I came out of it and then and I'm feeling good through that eggnog away I checked the date on it the date seems fine so either it wasn't the eggnog or um my my best guess is maybe the eggnog got like put out and like put into room temperature at some point right and just like was able to go to room temperature and maybe develop some bacteria and then it got like re-put on the shelf at some point and like you know uh uh you know chilled after that so like yeah, i got it from the proper section everything at the at the grocery store so i don't know um we'll see i i uh, <laughs> my sister's like never drink uh i almost said never drink food poisoning again but uh, never drink eggnog again but you know i've had eggnog in the past for for plenty of years so i don't think it's anything specific to that um maybe maybe chill uh, with eggnog from that particular store from this year though <laughs> so so uh yeah but very exciting um but what that did end up doing was breaking a tradition of ours where I forget the game awards are happening and then I stream and then realize the game awards are happening. So, so like everyone's off watching the game awards while I'm sitting there streaming instead kind of thing. Um, so I ended up just skipping out on streaming and then I just watched the game awards and that was a, a fun time overall. I, I usually don't get to watch the entire thing just like all at once, but I didn't like just sit there and dilly dally. I, I did some work on, um, I'm, I'm re- editing together a bunch of podcast highlights and stuff like that. So I've been working on that, but, um, the game awards didn't really jump out at me too much this year. The show is kind of, I think in general kind of has like built in a formula at this point. So I don't really feel any strong feelings for it. I also don't take any of the like awards very seriously. So I don't feel, you know, either positive or negative about it. I just don't think it's something I really I'm concerned about but the announcements I'm definitely there for um at the very least um and nothing really jumped out at me that much except for one game which is one that I actually don't know maybe depending if you know what it looks like you might be like oh yeah that looks like a very Ben thing but um like on paper you wouldn't think it is and it uh was Bayonetta Origins um Bayonetta Origins there's a full subtitle I forget what it is I don't know it's like Ceresia in fairy tale land or something like that so um but it actually really caught my eye because a it has a really cute like storybook aesthetic which I'm always into right um and the other thing is that it looks like like a pet combat kind of game so like an isometric game you have like this little pet that kind of goes around it seems like the pet does most of the fighting in the game Um, and I'm somebody who, I think I like Platinum Games as a developer in theory. I think like some of the groundwork they do on a variety of different games is really interesting overall. Um, and I think that's like why whenever they do stuff that's not like their character action games, which I don't care about their character action games really. Um, I'm always like more interested in that stuff. And I I really enjoyed Wonderful 101, even though you might be able to categorize it as a character action game. It's like a very different kind of character action game. 
Um, and so Bayonetta Origins just looks like a game that's trying to do something different than what, you know, Platinum is typically doing. And I, I, I'm very excited about that kind of thing. So um, I think it comes out like early next year. So I don't know for sure if I'll check it out, but I, I think I, I do want to, you know, maybe uh, uh, pursue that. Um, I don't really have any interest in pursuing Bayonetta as a whole, though, personally. Like, I don't know. Like, Bayonetta as a character seems fine. Aesthetically, the games seem fine. I get the stories, like, very kind of, you know, over the top in a way that people really enjoy. And I, I probably would enjoy it to some extent, too. Um, but I, it's something that just never seemed that appealing to me, honestly, um, just for my own personal taste. Uh, Astral Chain is maybe like the one character action game that maybe drew me in, mostly due to aesthetics, but it also kind of has that kind of like, um, I guess you would say companion system where there's like kind of like a floating animal that you're like kind of chained to kind of thing that I think is kind of neat. Um, but I, like, obviously I haven't actually gone around to playing it, so it hasn't been important enough for me to go check out. So, um, this might be the one Bayonetta game I end up playing at, at some point, but, uh, it seems really cool and I, and I, I'm, I'm really pleased with how it looks. Um, apparently actually was like teased in or not maybe not even teased but like given a playable demo in uh bayonetta 3 already i was looking up on online i think a euro gamer reported on some youtuber who talked about it and there's like some secret thing in the game where you can go and basically play like a stage out of that game which is really cool so that's a very like um neat thing to shove in there and and and, and hide in there and, and i'm glad you know obviously i think that game probably was far long enough that they felt confident to, to do that but I do think a lot of developers often get a little skittish just in case like a game gets canceled or if it like changes its approach um, a ton and things like that. But I also think it's like a really interesting relic at the times if it doesn't like work out or if it gets changed significantly that you can kind of see what that original game looked like in some way. So I still this is only kind of related, but there's a really interesting like 1.0 version of the Valkyria Revolution demo that I would love to try at some point. But um, I don't know what how accessible that demo is on like a hacked PS4. <laughs> but someday I would like to try that. It's just one of those things of like a game that had a demo put out that was like really different looking than the final game, I guess. So anyways, it looked really neat. And uh, that was probably the only game that really jumped out at me. I'm kind of surprised there wasn't a new Zelda trailer there. I think I feel like recently I've been kind of more open minded to looking at another Zelda game in the Breath of the Wild formula. I think it's been long enough and clearly enough work is being put into Breath of the Wild 2 tears of the kingdom or whatever that i think it's going to be a significantly different game than the previous breath of the wild and so i'm really hoping that game uh patches up a lot of the issues i have with breath of the wild as a whole and you know do something new as well right i don't want to just like have a better experience overall but you know given that first game and how it was implemented and how i feel about that um i think it would uh, just like a better implementation of that that open world might be enough to kind of like just get me interested in checking that out i'm just not very excited for breath of the wild too but anyways i would like to see more more gameplay of that at some point but uh that's coming out like next year early next year maybe like may if i recall correctly uh i don't know for sure i'm just pulling dates out of my my butt at the moment so so i could be very wrong about that but um yeah um but yeah there weren't really many other announcements that i saw that like jumped out at me as something i was personally interested in i think maybe the thing the biggest takeaway i had generally was it seemed like there's more and more games that are being announced for PS5 and Xbox Series X and PC only. Um, so it looks like, I, I mean, I don't think this is like a hard thing to really predict per se, but it looks like probably I was, I've been right about like 2023 is going to be kind of the cutoff year of, you know, you are going to start seeing video games that are not just for past gen console or that not, that are not on past gen consoles, right? You're going to start seeing, um, you know, 
titles that that only release on on newer hardware. And so that means I at some point I'll need to figure out what I'm going to do about that. I mean, I have a decently powered PC, so I, I I'm pretty sure I could play them there if I really wanted to. A lot of the stuff, but um. But yeah, I think I'll probably end up getting a PS5 realistically. Just like I, I think Xbox Series X kind of fell off my plate after the backwards compatibility program kind of lost its steam. I mean, there's a lot of good backwards compatibility stuff on there, but I think um, otherwise, now that they're no longer supporting that, I don't think there's a lot of first party Microsoft games I'm like super, super interested in that I'd be willing to like invest in that ecosystem in that way kind of thing. Um, where, you know, I think the big thing for me with PlayStation is that Sony still seems, or not Sony, uh, Square Enix still seems really committed to giving, you know, kind of premier support to Square Enix or to, to Sony <laughs> with the PS5 and Final Fantasy 16 and stuff like that and, and, and Final Fantasy 7 uh, uh, remake and stuff like that. So I think Square Enix alone is probably going to be what drags me over to the PS5, um, which, you know, at the end of the day, there's not that many differences between the consoles, so I'm not really too worried about that. I'm not a huge fan of the form factor of the PS5, personally, um, but we'll see. Uh, it does seem like maybe uh, next year uh, stock shortages will be ending. There's like an interview. I have a story up here. Um, I don't have the exact details of it. Maybe I'll open it real quick. But there was like a story here. If I can pull open the link quickly, I'll, I'll look at who says it. But basically, Sony was saying that the uh, supply shortage in a Asia for the PS5 is probably going to end soon. Jim Ryan was saying that it looks like so. Um, if you know the Sony, a company that's focused on the West, if they're saying the supply issue is going to wrap up probably in 2023. Um, in in Asia, they're kind of secondary market at this point, although they might not tell you that. <laughs> but if they're if they're saying that, then I have a feeling that you know probably mid next year, you know PS5s are going to be relatively available, and I feel like people have generally been able to get their hands on it uh, more regularly. So. I think I'll probably go with the disk drive version. Um, I, I guess part of me kind of hoped that there'd be like a new um, revision before I jump into the console, but we'll see. I, I don't know how quickly I'll need to jump into Final Fantasy 16 and stuff like that. So probably not very quickly. So I, I don't think there's going to be any real major push for me to get a new console immediately, uh, the current generation, but uh, I'm not opposed to it either. Like if I had to pick one up today, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset about doing that. Um, but you know, we'll see. Uh, I just don't think there's anything that's really jumped out at me. It's like, oh, I gotta have it at the moment still. So the story of everybody, I think this generation of just like PS5 and Xbox Series X, nice upgrades, maybe not must have. So, so yeah. Um, one thing I did do this week though, because we had some time, actually we played EDF 4.1, uh, in our multiplayer session because, uh, some of the DLC went on sale. So we went ahead and bought that, um, which, you know, EDF. We'll, we'll touch on that as I get more more time into that again. But you know, we've talked about EDF 4.1 in the past. Uh, but the other thing I did was uh the so the first first soldier tournament I missed. There's two tournaments. The second one, which was actually tonight, the night that I'm recording this on a Sunday, um, that one I did go ahead and participate in. I had a friend who joined me, um, and we we played through uh, all three tournament matches. Didn't do a particularly good job, unfortunately. So we, we, we got around like 18th place in most matches. Um, admittedly, like we hadn't been playing that much. And, you know, I think a lot of the people in those games are definitely of, of a higher tier level of play kind of thing. 
And um, the guy who was joining me as well was also fairly new to the game too. So we, we had a couple of uh, uh, good runs, but you know, kind of didn't really work out super great. But it was still fun. I think we had a good time overall. So um, really enjoyed that. And uh, I think the first ra- two rounds, the same team won, but then the third round, another team won. So that's nice that other people got to get the the special title that's going to be deleted here in the next like month when the game shuts down. So um, solo tournament stuff is is going on. It's a little weird because it's like a point based system instead of like, you know, just joining up for tournament matches. So like you have to get points and rounds and those like the top 75 players who get points and rounds, I think get pulled into like a tournament setting. So I might um, see if I can rank and see like how hard it would be to rank into the top 75 players. Um, there are definitely people in those like team tournament matches that I felt like I could very easily outmaneuver in like a solo game kind of thing. So I think there's a chance that I could make it into the top 75 players if I really go on my way to do so. But it's been a little bit of a busy week and it's going to be a busy holiday in general, unfortunately. So I feel like I almost never have any time to just like sit down and relax, unfortunately. So, um, but yeah, we had a good time with that and and, and really enjoyed that. And uh, I don't think there's anything else I can really say about First Soldier at this point other than we did that and we did the final official tournament. There's actually a fan tournament happening on the actual last day that the game is online. Uh, I think I will try to participate in that as well, but we'll have to see where things are in January when that happens. So Um, one little news bit here that's not really like a huge, huge story or anything, um, but it is related to First Soldier. I'm going to guess you probably heard it. Um, Yuji Naka, big Sega guy in terms of very important for Fantasy Star Online, Sonic the Hedgehog, all that stuff, right? Um, he was arrested a couple weeks ago, I think at this point for doing some insider trader trading for, I think, Dragon Quest Tact, if I recall correctly, and basically investing in stock for the company that was going to be awarded that job, uh, of making that mobile game. Um, and it sounds like he was kind of, I don't know if he was re-arrested or if his term was just, or he was like double like accused basically or whatever. I don't know the exact details, but um, basically they're, they're insider trading terms against him again for the first soldier as well. seems like he invested in, um, the company, a team is the company that works on first soldier and invested in them as well early on, um, knowing that they were going to be working on final fantasy seven, uh, the first soldier, which it was interesting. Cause I actually sat down and like went and looked at a team stock just to see like how well that would have paid off for him. And there was a brief period of time where a team stock after the first soldier was announced, their stock shot up. But, um, once that game launched, the stock shot back down. So <laughs> we'll see, maybe he, he sold in time and got his money and got out. But, uh, it is kind of interesting how the launch of the game, like literally was like what shot their stock back down. I'm kind of curious how, when, when, when you have investors and things like that, I'm wondering how many of them look at like the reception of those games and, and make purchasing decisions based off that kind of thing. I'm not an investor, so I don't know how any of that stuff works. So, so yeah, but yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean, I didn't have a lot that I could do given the whole food poisoning situation and, and other stuff that was going on. So, but I'm glad to play some first soldier had a good time and all that fun stuff It's Patreon time. Welcome to the Patreon corner, Paul Daniel. Henry Dagger, Jillian, and Discreet. Thank you again so much for supporting me. At $5 level support, you get bonus videos. And uh, as much as I said I probably wasn't going to do a bonus video last week, instead I did do a bonus video. I recorded myself giving a a brief kind of walk down of what the future plans for the, the, the channel are and how I plan to break things up and things like that. So... Um, if you want to get some, uh, uh, early insight into what's happening with the channel, 
Um, you can go check out that video on the Patreon again, $5 to get access to bonus videos. Um, I will be giving you a rundown of what's happening to the channels at the end of this year, though. So if you do just want to wait, we will be there. And I'll make a video that will give you a, a quick guide of where to go and then a longer de description of why I'm making the changes I'm making to the channel. Um, however, if you do uh, join the Patreon program, one other thing you can do is ask a Patreon question. Every Monday at 3 p.m., a Patreon post goes up asking about a question that you want to ask me this week. You can at leave a question in the comment, and I'll go ahead and answer that question on the podcast. Jillian has provided a question for this week, and Jillian's question is, what is the greatest length you've gone to play a game? This is a hard question, I feel like, and I don't know if I have super, super satisfying answers. I think maybe the easiest one you could say, and I mean, I mean, it depends on, I guess, what you mean by gone to the greatest length to play, because like, a Tokadol. A Tokadol is a Japanese arcade game, right? And you gotta go to Japan to go play that. I did not fly to Japan to play a Tokadol, per se, but I did spend a exorbitant amount of time in Japan playing a Tokadol, so I did definitely make use of that opportunity to play that. Um, you know, local arcade games in Japan are just hard to get access to, and playing them in proper ways is the other thing, right? Like, yeah, you can get, like, um, you know, machines that are hooked up to servers, depending on who you know, and what what servers you have access to or you can find you know some games that uh that like you can emulate but then like there's things like especially with card games in particular like what what kind of cards you're getting when you're getting them things like that if you just have like a deck of cards you purchase from somebody or something you're, you're not really getting those cards in the appropriate way right and so it kind of breaks the balance of the game it's part of why i, I don't know how i feel about like importing a copy of love and berry for the ds well i actually have a copy but like getting a card reader and cards because if you go and just import a bunch of cards at that point, like, I don't know, like, what are you doing at that point, right? You're just giving yourself access to all these cards. I guess you can maybe, like, artificially provide yourself cards, like, deal, deal out cards to yourself if you play the arcade game kind of thing uh, on your DS. But, yeah, I think I think that's something that I've always kind of worried about with... um with those kind of arcade games and playing them outside of their original environment is, are you getting the proper experience? Are you playing this in the setting that you really should be playing it in kind of thing? Again, it's not saying that you can't enjoy it that way or can't dislike playing it that way, but you know, realistically these games are de designed to be played in like an arcade environment kind of thing. Right. Um, I also bought that stupid Dragon Quest controller <laughs> recently. I think I showed it off on one of the podcasts with the uh, Dragon Quest sword sticking out the top of the card game as well. So so those are kind of probably the big ones that I can think of the greatest length that I, I've gone to play. I mean, I don't think it's like a particularly exciting answer in that situation, but I can't think of too many situations that I've really like jumped through too many hurdles outside of the original hardware loop, right? Like bringing a PCFX here locally, bringing a PC-98 here locally and things like that. And I haven't really even utilized the PC-98. I've set up Windows XP machines. I guess to some extent you could say maybe First Kiss Story uh, Bingo. I've, I, I set up like four different machines trying to get that thing to work. And finally I did on one machine. I have not played it yet since. So I need to do that. But I'm having capture card issues. And I really would like a clean capture of that um, game when we play it. So, um, I, I really need to troubleshoot those capture card issues more. I, I reached out to the PC company and they never responded to me. So I got to reach out to them again and see if they'll say anything. So, so yeah, but yeah, that, those are probably the things that I've gone the furthest out of my way to play. I feel like I, I don't, I don't feel like I, I, I stress too much about things that I don't get access to because, you know, if, if something's really, really hard to access and it's not really going to be worth my time, you know, I could be wrong, but like, like, for example, like the Homeworld game on the, uh, or Homeland? 
Homeworld or Homeland, the GameCube game that requires like a Japanese region GameCube to go online with and like connecting with Japanese players who set up servers. And it sounds like they kind of locked down the server sense. So you have to coordinate a group and all that stuff. It, it just sounds like a nightmare stuff. So some things I kind of give up on, but you know, in the right circumstances, if the opportunity presented itself, I probably would try to play Homeland <laughs> online or whatever it was. Home, Homeworld or Homeland. I forget the name of it. It's a GameCube game though. There's like a spaceship game on the, um, um, uh, PC, I think that's also called like Homeworld or Homeland. I've always got them mixed up my whole life. So, so yeah. But again, thank you guys so much for supporting me on the Patreon. I really appreciate it. And I'll uh, try to get some Patreon content here for you guys by the end of the year. I think we should have something not this week, but next week. I think we'll have something up for you guys. Anyways, to wrap up the rest of the show, we're going to go through some news stories here. Um, one is go, you know, going back to the arcade games. Um, so uh, Chase Chase Joker. If you don't remember what this is, this is that Konami arcade game. Looks very likely to be built by the Bomberman or Bomber Girl arcade team, or at least at the very least it sh- shares similar aesthetics and actually has a, a similar character between them, a character named Pine who's like very popular. Um, and this is a kind of like a three on three maze chasing game kind of thing where uh, three characters run around and they can like dash and slide under walls and things like that. And they go and collect like these keys. It's not really like it's kind of weird. It's like you don't really collect keys. You like collect key energy and those create keys or something. And then you go and like, um, you know, once you have all your your full set of keys, you go and put that into like this lock in the middle of the level. And if you if you unlock the door as the the team that's searching for the keys, then um, then you win kind of thing. But then on the other team, you have the Oni, essentially. And the Oni are, are actually all the same girls that you you play as on the other team, the, 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 the running away team. But the Oni girls are like the demon form versions of those girls, and they will chase down the other other players. So I think from what I was looking at gameplay wise, I don't think it's like something that you, you know, just play until somebody scores kind of thing. I think the, the match kind of flips back and forth um, throughout it. And you kind of go back and forth be- between being a chase Oni and then like a, 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 one of the normal girls running around. So anyways, that's going to be beginning operation on December 21st. So I know there's been play tests for most of this year. Um, but that sounds like they're finally going to be opening it up on like a larger scale kind of thing, which is very cool. Um, it does. I, one thing I did notice is that it kind of has that thing where I've seen this, like a few arcade games where there's like a secondary monitor to the left of the game. And I don't really know what that secondary monitor has on it. All the footage I see of chase chase Joker online only focuses on the main screen. So I'm not sure what that second monitor is for at this point, but uh, I'll be curious to see more gameplay out there. You know, I always kind of hope this kind of stuff ends up in the home console space, but you know, Konami's arcade games don't really make it to home console unfortunately most of the time so it's really a shame because people complain all the time about konami not making video games and like but they're like super active in the arcade in japan so so yeah uh the x68000 uh had a kickstarter that kicked off and uh was actually met i think it reached like 500 percent of its goal of its goal say or it's not a kickstarter i should say it's like a crowdfunding thing kickstarter is like an actual website uh this is a company called uh or a, uh, a website called key Kibi Dango or whatever. So you can go and back the X68000 mini kind of thing. Uh, they did show off some pictures there. You got a little SD card that goes in the front of the system and all that stuff. Um, so this is different than I think the hacker system. I believe the hacker system is specifically for if you're going to be like doing programming for the X68000 mini. Um, where this is just kind of like the crowdfunded one. And like, again, I forget what the special edition for this one's called. Um, but 
Um, there's a link in the description for that. I believe the campaign is still open. So if you know how to go about crowdfunding and getting that shipped overseas kind of thing, I believe you still have time. I believe it doesn't end until I think later this month. So, um, if you are interested in checking that out, I think it will start to end in the next couple weeks. So if, you, if you, I would say, go ahead and check that out as soon as you can, if you're interested. Um, I don't know if they plan to sell it afterwards otherwise. So hopefully they do. Um, but I, I imagine it just depends on, you know, uh, what, what the logistics looks like of shipping X68,000 minis to retailers in Japan kind of thing. So uh, I'll personally end up skipping on it. You know, it being, it, it's, it's really cool overall, but I'd imagine, you know, I, I personally would get as much work out or like, I would probably get more value out of again, like a mister or something like that. Um, I assume there's some kind of X68,000 core. I don't know what state it's in, but I assume there's some kind of core for that at the very least. So. And the last story we have here is the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, if you don't know your government terms, uh, likely is going to be blocking the Microsoft acquisition. So one one news story we haven't really talked about too much, or news stories, I should say, is this weird like kind of mudslinging going around between like Sony and Microsoft. Sony really doesn't want Microsoft to acquire Activision, um, you know, for good reason. It gives their competitor an advantage and it would be probably a bigger thing. Um, kind of thing. But anyways, um, so there, there's been like kind of this mudslinging going back and forth of like uh, Sony saying Call of Duty is a wholly, wholly unique franchise that Microsoft buying it would completely destroy competition in the space kind of thing. It's just like paraphrasing. It's not exactly what they said. And then Microsoft going back and saying, no, we're committing to give Sony, you know, all this stuff for however many years kind of thing. Right. Um, and various governments around the world have chimed in on Microsoft and Activision Blizzard or, or Microsoft purchasing Activision Blizzard. And some seem more skeptical than others, but I believe the FTC is the first one to actually go out of their way to do something about it. And um, I don't really know how this stuff works, to be honest. I'm not going to claim to be an expert on this, but my understanding is that basically the FTC is suing Microsoft in, in that sense to essentially block the purchase. I don't know if that's a death sentence or if that just means that it's opening up a more formal, you know, debate about, you know, uh, whether or not it's anti-competitive for, for Microsoft to have Call of Duty. Um, but apparently that's happening. So it's, it's really interesting to see some kind of movement on this um, finally and uh, and see kind of the reality of the situation and what what governments would what, what a government will do to, to kind of prevent this kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know that much about this stuff. Um, at the end of the day, um, I think a lot of people view, uh, uh, what's it called? Where things fuse together <laughs> with companies fuse together. Like, you know, anytime a company is buying another company or like it's fusing with another company, I think people don't like that generally, or at least a lot of people don't like that because it kind of, you know, um, condenses a lot of power and resources and things like that. I, I don't really know how much I personally know about that kind of thing. And, and and I think the thing that I personally have kind of struggled with is um, Sony's kind of saying that this is going to be like an anti-competitive thing. You know, I, I think Call of Duty, while a very big franchise, is not as important as it used to be. And um, <clears throat> personally, I think it, it, it doesn't really matter that much, you know, if Microsoft, you know, owns that and even if they took it away from sony like obviously it would move consoles and stuff like that or move people from one console to another but i guess to me like sony stands does enough to stand on their own with their first party output and things like that and they have enough exclusives there already that i just i just don't necessarily feel like it would be a real problem but you know again i'm not the one sitting here you know I'm not a legal expert on that stuff. So um, what I did think was kind of fascinating though, and, and then kind of the flurry of all this happening at the very end 
Um, Microsoft actually announced uh, that if they acquired Activision Blizzard, they're going to enter a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty to the Nintendo Switch. Now, uh, the, the the thing that seems to be the, the, the reasoning for this more than anything is that you know, Microsoft wants to commit to bringing Call of Duty to as many platforms as possible to try to prevent this kind of FTC suing from happening, right? And this seemed like a kind of a, a, a last-ditch attempt to some extent to try to prevent that from happening. Um, but that would, that would have been, like, really fascinating to see, like, what those versions of Call of Duty would look like. You know, Nintendo has not generally received Call of Duty releases in a very long time. But, you know, on the Wii, you know, the Wii was so popular that Activision kind of couldn't ignore Call of Duty that much. And so they, they actually made, you know, downgraded versions of those video games that I think people generally were pretty happy with overall. I mean, obviously they aren't like, you know, look at looking as good as the, the, the higher gen, uh, versions, but I think people generally like those Wii versions of the game a lot. Um, I have the black ops on, on the Wii that I need to play through at some point, but anyways, um, so I, I would have been really fascinated or it would, I think if, if it goes through, it'd be really, it'll be really fascinating to see like what call of duty on the switch will look like. But honestly, by the time this all clears out, there's a good chance that like, you know, the switch will be kind of out the door already as is. So well, we'll we'll see. It, the switch is definitely kind of you know uh, dated at this point, but also it's it's still selling incredibly well. Which is like I, I know some people point to like the Wii and how the Wii was kind of um, you know despite it being a su- super successful system was kind of shuffled out the door at some point. Which I mean every hardware is going to be iterated on, right? Like at some point the hardware will be iterated on, but. I think the big thing between like the, where the Switch is at in its lifetime right now versus like the where the Wii was at in its lifetime is that the Switch is still selling where the Wii really started to slow down on the back half. Um, and and so despite the success story that was the Wii, you know, by the time the the, the Wii U is coming out, the Wii's Wii sales were pretty pretty minimal at that point. So, anyways, I don't remember how we got to talking about the that aspect of the business, but you know, <laughs> I think Call of Duty on Nintendo Switch would be cool to see at the very least. Um, but yeah, the FTC thing, I think personally, you know, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard was like a fascinating move to see in the industry. Um, but I don't think I'm personally somebody will be affected by whether it goes through or not. So I have no strong feelings personally. I do know some people are really hoping that Microsoft would kind of clean up the sexual, uh, allegation stuff that was happening at, um, Activision Blizzard. Cause there's like a real big, long case that happened, right? Where, where the, I think it's the state of California got involved or something like that. And, and they went through some, some stuff with that. And, and I believe they're like trying to cover it up and, and all that stuff. It, it's weird. Maybe not weird, but like it was a big, big thing. And I think people kind of took some solace that Microsoft coming in would, would purchase it and hopefully employees would get better treatment and stuff like that. So I'll be curious to see where it takes that narrative if uh, Activision Blizzard doesn't end up getting acquired. And, you know, what, what happens at that point when it comes to that kind of, um, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, like aspect of, of Activision as a Blizzard as a business. And, and, and I also heard a lot at the time that like Activision Blizzard was like hemorrhaging employees back then. So I'm curiously where they are in terms of like, you know, people being hired and stuff like that. Um, if, if there's anything, if the Activision, uh, if the, the acquisition had any impact on, on how Activision Blizzard's, you know, new staff was coming in people were like oh we're gonna go work at microsoft so we're gonna go work at activision where previously they may not have wanted to work at activision given the allegations and things like that but anyways it's all stuff i don't know much about it's just one of those things that like i, I there's a lot of chatter at the time and it kind of disappeared at some point under all this microsoft buying activision um, um uh you know hubble so the fact that that's maybe going to be disrupted at this point uh it makes me really wonder 
you know, if, if those problems will just kind of silently disappear into the night until it becomes a problem again, or, or if people will go back to, um, uh, worrying about those things. Um, um, if the activation ac- acquisition doesn't go through. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for so much for coming. OneControlBar.com is the website. Um, I'll be, uh, playing Kirby, Kirby Tilt and Tumble, uh, this week on stream, assuming I don't get food poisoning yet again. <laughs> so, so look forward to that on Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Again, we're going to be using the good old GameCube over here. You can't see it, but I got a GameCube hanging out over here. So I'll be using that, uh, to play that. And then, uh, yeah, there isn't going to be any new content this week otherwise. So just tune in for the podcast and tune in for the, uh, for the stream. Um, I did go ahead and start moving forward on some PCFX stuff. So that is, uh, hopefully going to be coming together here in the next handful of weeks. Um, and that will hopefully be something I'll introduce to you, introduce to you guys in the new year. So, all right. Well, thank you guys again for coming. OneControlBoard.com is the website and I hope you guys have a great week. Bye.